Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. Luke chapter 8, are you ready? This is one of the great stories in Scripture, and uh, it's one of the great stories of victory. It's one of the great stories of the blessing of God, and, and, uh, but it's also an authenticating uh, moment in the ministry of Jesus. When we read this story, where it, it proves who he is, uh, he, that he is who he claims to be. And so I want to have a look at this today, but I want to say this before I start uh, with, this, with this passage, and that is it's important for us to know that when we read a story of a miracle of Jesus or God doing something, we have to understand that uh, there is a context for every scripture. So what would the context be of a scripture like this? The context of a scripture like this would be that Jesus was proving his deity, his authority over the elements. And, and, and uh, we'll, I'll explain, you'll understand what I'm talking about when you understand the story I'm reading. But this is, uh, this is a story that really gives us a picture of who Christ is, what he came to do. But within a lot of these biblical narratives, we can understand and grasp and, and lay hold of uh, meanings within meanings. In other words, there is the law of double reference. We can glean principles out of a big picture miracle. We can apply it to our everyday life. So I want to have a look at this story. It's the story of Jesus calming the storm. We all know the story in scripture. I preached this in the last session. I want to say uh, that I didn't in the last service, but I did not prepare this message uh, before all of the news that we had received. And so I believe it's timely for the church. And I believe God wants to speak to us today and he wants to speak to you. Uh, and, and he wants to do something in your heart and life. So open your heart if you can. And, and let's be open to the word. Let's pray. Father, anoint the word today. Anoint your people to be hearers and doers of your word. Lord, pour upon me the kind of anointing that cuts through uh, mindsets and, and maybe barriers. And Lord, I pray, open people's hearts. Lord, at the conclusion is this message. Let people come to know you. Uh, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said together, Amen. Amen. Luke 8, 22, now it happened on a certain day that he got into, the boat, into a boat with his disciples. And he said to them, let us cross over. Somebody say, let us cross over. Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. How many know that's never good? And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging waters, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, I like that, it wasn't calm, there was a calm. Like, it's not just like, there is a storm, and then there's sort of nothing, but this was a calm. I like a good calm every now and then. There was a calm. I, I like calms at my house at around 5 p.m. When the kids are having dinner, it would be nice to have a calm. A calm that lasts till about 8.30, not 6.45. But he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying one to another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. They set out on a journey that day. Across the Sea of Galilee, 13 miles by 8 miles in size, they went across the lake on a 13-mile journey, which is 21 kilometers. And they're on this journey that is instituted by Jesus. They're on a boat ride with Jesus. It was his idea. And they go across the lake, and it really is a picture of our journey of faith in many ways. We're on a journey of faith. We're on a journey serving God. And Jesus says here, he says, let's cross over to the other side. Isn't it interesting that he says, let's cross over and what do they do? The Bible says, and they launched out. What a great response 
to the call of God. My prayer for Life Point Church, if, if you're alive this morning, my, my prayer this morning is as the people of God, if God says, let's launch out, we get in the boat and we go. I pray that if God speaks to me, listen, I don't want to be the kind of guy that's just declaring the will of God for my own life. I want, I want, I want to live under what is God's will, not just decide what God's will is. If God says, get in the boat, I get in the boat. You know, some of us, the reason we haven't reached the destination that God's called us to is, is quite possibly because he said, hey, let's take a trip to the other side of this lake or let's do this and we never got in the boat with him and I want to encourage you if God if you're going to fulfill the destiny of God it's going to require sometimes doing something uncomfortable setting off from where we are comfortable and getting in the boat and getting with Jesus and following the things of God I'm excited today I said to the nine o'clock service I haven't preached for three weeks in our church I've been chomping at the bit but I feel like God wants to speak to some people today and get some faith in our spirit because God has a journey that he wants us to go on to be who God's called us to be do what God's called us to do and see something great in our life. Some of you get tired of hearing preaching like God wants to do something great with your life. But the rest of us, we're like, I believe it. I, I, lay a whole, I, want, to, I want to see something significant happen for the God. I didn't wake up this morning just to be average. I woke up this morning, I wanted to give the devil a bit of a kick in the teeth this morning, I'll have you know. Uh, most Sundays I want to do that, but today I've had an extra strong desire to just smack the devil in the mouth. I mean, he's come against our people too much. I'm sick and tired of the things he does. And every now and then you just want to come to church and go, you know what, devil? I'm going to nail you this morning. You, you are just, you're going to hate the fact that we got up alive. When you got up this morning, I pray the alarm bells of hell went off with you because we're going to see the victory of Jesus. And, and when the enemy comes in like a flood, raised up a standard against him. It's the blood of Jesus. You say you're excited this morning. I know I say it other times. You should see how much I hold back sometimes. My right leg starts to go pumped in Jesus. name. He says, let's cross over to the other side. When you're in the will of God, let's preach faith for a minute. You are going to get smacked. You are going to get buffeted. You are going to get winds of adversity come. And faith is not an escape from the adversity. It's having Jesus with you when you go through it. Faith is knowing how to hold on to God. I don't know what's going on, but Jesus, I'm holding on to you. And so Jesus says, let's cross over to the other side. Can I tell you, he asked Moses to do the same. Moses faced challenges when he... When he, when he all the opposition he faced, the, the Israelites coming again. It wasn't smooth, 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 smooth sailing. Uh, it wasn't smooth sailing. I mean, he, they had plagues, they had frogs, they had locusts, they had water turned to blood. I mean, he endured a lot of rubbish when he said, yes, God, I'm going to serve you and do, what God's call, and do what you've called me to do. When God calls you to do something, storms of adversity will come. Are you with me this morning? Some of you are looking at me like, oh, I'm telling you right now. If, ever you, if you got saved in church because the preacher said, get saved, everything will be peachy, sue that man. Sue him. Sue him. I mean, take him around the back of the church and, and have a chat with him. Because let me tell you, when you get saved, you inherit eternal life. You inherit victory. You inherit all the goodness of God. But you also inherit demonic opposition. You also inherit the plan and the purposes of darkness coming against you. You also have opposition from family. I mean, being saved is not a walk in the park. I mean, this, this is not being born again, serving Jesus, being in the will of God is not for the faint-hearted. 
I mean, you, that's why he said, he said, I better send the Holy Ghost. I mean, we needed somebody to come alongside and help us because there are times where it is going to be hard going. But I can tell you right now, if he says get in the boat, the safest place to be, whether there is a storm, whether there is a, a, an attack of darkness, I'm telling you, that storm was a demonic attack. I will tell you why. Because Jesus, if it was his storm, if it was a God-ordained storm, he would have said, okay, that's enough now. But he didn't. He rebuked it. You don't rebuke something you created. He said, it's not the will of God. Stop. Be still. And he rebuked the storm. He rebuked the attack that was coming on. And we're going to talk about that more as we go on in this message. But it's so important that we understand today that they were in the will of God. And when you're in the will of God, things get difficult. Verse 23 tells us in Luke chapter 8 that they, talking about the boat, they were filled with water and in jeopardy. Now, I don't know too much about uh, boat life. I've never been a, I've never really spent too much time on boats, uh, but I do know enough to know that water is best on the outside of the boat, not the inside. I, I mean, it's, I'm happy to be on a boat providing there's more water outside than there is on the inside. The minute it starts coming in, see, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I don't even know the word. I'm not a sailor. I'm not a boatman. Boatman's a new thing that we've just come up with. But I can tell you, one of my jobs at the house, I have to do everything at my house. I have to do the washing. I have to do the dishes. I have to clean the house. I, ha- I have to feed the cat. I have to clean the cat litter. I have to clean, do the nappies. I have to do, bath the boys. I have to cook and cl- their meals. I mean, meanwhile, she is just getting her nails done or, you know, beauty shop. How many believe that? You're a discerning people. But I can tell you, I have a few jobs. One of my jobs is I'm the bather. I bath the boys. Now, we have two boats and, an air, and, a, and, a, and a seaplane, and, and, and they're the toys in the bath, plus a few other things. Like, we gotta, you pull the string and Nemo swims through the water and Dory does as well. It's great. So, I mean, I like it so much that the, ba- the boys are out of the bath a good hour, and I'm still playing with the boats. You know. But one thing I can tell you, when the water gets in those little boats, they sink. And so you have to tip the water out. I like to tip it on the children just to get things moving in that bath and have water fights. It's, it's, deba- it's, it's chaos. But the bottom line is, I've learned enough to know about sea vessels that you need the water on the outside. So when the water gets inside, you are, as the Bible says, you're in jeopardy. It is a jeopardious situation. <laughs> And their boat was filling with water. They had a storm, they had waves. Storm bad, number one. Waves, also bad. Water in boat, real bad. And the boat's starting to fall to bits, according to a picture I saw on the internet. And so... <laughs> so they're in a storm, trying to fulfill the will of God. And there's Jesus asleep. Now, firstly, I said in the, in, in the, in the nine o'clock, now I've got no biblical reason for this, so don't go, get mad at me for making things up. But while we are... Uh, I reckon he was faking it because just to wind him up a little bit, can you imagine if I said to you guys, hey, let's go over, we're going to go over to Port Hughes or Port Vincent. We'll just leave Glenelg. We'll get on a little dinghy. We'll go across the water. So we get across the water. And I mean, storms are coming. I'm just having a snooze when this is my harebrained scheme. This was Jesus' plan. He's saying, let's go over to the other side. And so he's not worried. He just sits back, puts his feet up, lets them do it. He has a snooze and suddenly the, the wind and the waves become contrary, the King James says. They're very contrary. And so this thing's going crazy. The storm's crazy. Jesus is... And I bet you the louder he snored, the more mad they're getting. Thomas is going, well, we're going to die. Judas is trying to steal stuff and get out of the boat as quick as possible. <laughs> 
So they're, they're, in, they're in the boat and they're, they're thinking they're going to die. And, and, and Jesus is sleeping. Now, now, before I get any further with this, I want to tell you a story. There was a farmer. And the farmer needed a, a, a hand, a hired hand to help him on the farm. So he could not get someone. And he lived on the Atlantic Ocean in America, on the coast, on the East Coast. But they had these terrible storms, so no one wanted to work for this guy. And so finally there was an applicant, just a little guy, says to him, I'm your guy because I sleep when there's storms. And so the guy was so desperate for help, he said, okay, I'll take you on. If you sleep through storms, whatever. So he takes him on. Then one day, a massive storm comes off the Atlantic Ocean. And so the farmer's gone crazy. He runs into the quarters where the the, uh, hired hand is there. And there he is. And he says, are you going to wake up? We've got a storm coming. He said, no, I sleep during storms. And so the farmer's exasperated. What? What are you doing? What are you doing? What do you mean you sleep through something? Da, 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 da. So he, he loses it. So he runs outside to try and fix things. And get this. He looks in there and he discovers all the haystacks have been covered in tar, pollens. The cows are in the barn. The chickens in the coops. The doors are barred. The shutters are tightly secured. Everything was tied down. Nothing could blow away. The farmer then understood what his hired hand meant. So he returned to bed and slept while the wind blew. Do you know when we're prepared spiritually, mentally, physically we're prepared in God in the word of God we can endure storms that come because the right measures have been in place in our life there, there there's no spots that are vulnerable because we've built ourselves up in our in our holy faith the hired hand was able to sleep because he had secured the farm against the storm Jesus was able to sleep because he knew they were in the will of God can I ask you a question in some of the storms that you might face are you able to rest I'm not saying sleep but are you able to find rest in your storms? I've faced storms that have nearly caused me to come undone. And I've faced storms that somehow I've been able to rest in because I've had a peace that passes understanding. Now, I don't know maybe where you're at today, but what I can tell you is it's possible to actually rest and find victory even in the tough times. And, 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 and while, I'm, while I'm preaching this message, the title of which I forgot to give you is The Storm Before the Calm. But while we're talking about it today, I want to talk to you about how do we secure our lives for storms that come our way? How do we secure our life for the storms that come our way? And it's not if they come, it's when they come. So how do we secure our life for the storms that come? Number one, before the storm, we have to make sure that Jesus is in the boat. If I'm going to go on a boat ride in the name of Jesus, I want Jesus in the boat. Tell you why you're okay if Jesus is in the boat. Jesus came to die. But he died on his terms, and I'll talk more about that in a moment. He wasn't going to die at the hands of a demonic storm. Jesus came with a very clear purpose, to take away the sins of the earth. He was not going to die on that boat. There was no way that that boat was going to sink because Jesus is in the boat. The same reason, if you're scared of flying, fly with me. (laughs) Nothing's going to happen because God's called me and God's anointed me. That plane will arrive in its destination. Maybe the only time you don't want to fly with me or with Christian pilots is if the rapture happens. <laughs> then you will die. Moving right along. We need to make sure Jesus is in the boat. Because Jesus says concerning his own life in John ten eighteen, he says, no one takes, he's talking about his life, it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. If Jesus is in your boat, it's going to be okay. Let me say this. Jesus, when he died, Jesus didn't die because Roman soldiers killed him. 
Yes, they did. They crucified him. What does the Bible say? Jesus looked to heaven. He gave up the ghost. He said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus never died at the hands of Roman soldiers. He died at the design of time that he appointed. Some of you might have never heard that before. So you think this is a new quirky thing. That's actual theology. That Jesus, he is God. He is a man. There's a time appointed to be born and a time appointed to die. At his appointed time. He died. But do you know something? He chose to go that way because by being that way, he fulfilled prophecy. He fulfilled everything. But when, when it came to crunch, it was at his appointed time. He gave up the ghost. Father, into your spirit, I commit my hands. Jesus was not going to die at the hand of a storm. If Jesus is with you, you're going to be okay. He's for you. Do you believe that this morning? So I encourage you, get Jesus in your boat. Avoid Jonah. Jonah's not going to help. Maybe avoid the Apostle Paul. He did not have any luck when it came to ship, shipwrecks. He was shipwrecked every other week. Sorry, I can't make the meeting tonight, Pastor. What? Shipwrecked again. Probably wouldn't take Thomas. Because he'd just be going, you guys, you're gone. We're never going to make it. Boat sinks. Gone. You doubt. You don't want doubt. You want faith. You want Jesus in your boat. Can I tell you, if you're going to be in a storm... Be in a storm with the storm karma. I want the storm karma with me when I face challenges. I need Jesus in my boat. huh? I need Jesus in my boat. Row, row, row your boat with Jesus in your boat. I need Jesus in my boat, my big boat. I want Jesus in you. Some of you, you don't, you're going through life and you're just going your own direction. You've got your boat going this way. Or go, get Jesus in your boat. You know, some, you know you can get through the storm if Jesus is in your boat because he wouldn't be in the wrong boat. He, get, he wants to... Gee, I want Jesus in my decision. This church could just go in its own direction and we don't have Jesus in the boat. I want Jesus at the center of everything we do. I want the Holy Ghost in my boat. I want, I want God in my boat. Why? Because we can go this way, that. I want to, I want to set my direction with my eyes on Jesus. Jesus. Somebody say, I want Jesus in my boat. In my boat. Number two. During the storm, before the storm, get Jesus in your boat. Number two, during the storm, stand on the word of God. I want to show you, what did Jesus say before he got in the boat? He said this, he said, let us cross over to the other side. He already mapped out his agenda at that moment. Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. God's word and God's promise work even when the seas of life are contrary. But it's interesting because sometimes we'll read Luke chapter 8 and we'll see paragraph. When in the waves obey Jesus, we'll read from verse 22 to verse 25 and stop. But you get some more insight into this story when you read on. Verse 26 of Luke chapter 8. Why did Jesus set out on this journey to begin with? I'll show you. Verse 26. Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. Okay, so we now know where they're going. They're going to the Gadarenes. Why are they going there? And he stepped out on the land. There met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. He wore no clothes. Nor did he live in a house, but in tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for it had often seized him. And he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? He said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go into the abyss. 
Now a herd of many swine was feeding there on the mountain. I feel sorry for these innocent pigs. They're minding their own business. Some farmers built up a farm. They estimate worth about 250 grand just in pigs. And so they're, just, they're, having, their, they're, they're, they're having their lunch and hanging around. And, and so the demons, they begged him that they could permit them to enter them. So he permitted them. He said, all right. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the pigs. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. Isn't that amazing? First time in scripture we see deviled ham. true you moan all you like it's biblical (laughs) and those who fed them saw what happened they fled and told it in the city in the country then they went out to see what had happened and came to jesus listen to this oh man i feel like praising jesus right i just have a hallelujah they see the man and listen to this they found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of jesus clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid Everyone just gets afraid. Jesus does good things. We shouldn't be afraid of the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's not be afraid when the Spirit of God starts moving. Let's not, oh, no, I'm scared. Let me tell you, this is church. We speak in tongues. This is church. We believe in miracles. We believe in casting out demons and sin. Sick people healed by the power of God. Why? Because if it's good enough for Jesus, if it's good enough for the book of Acts, I don't want to be so safe. I want to live on the edge a little bit, man. I want to get a bit wild every now and then, see a bit of Pentecostal power touch people. But they were afraid. And they're religious people. It's interesting, Jesus. Let's go to the other side. Interestingly enough, interestingly enough this, this demoniac preached the gospel all through Decapolis. It was the biggest city in the world. It was 10 cities together. He took the gospel, shook that city. They had a mighty revival. Why? Jesus knew what was on the other side of the lake. And so what did he do? He said, let's go to the other side. So when that storm came, Jesus instantly able to discern that storm. Why is he able to discern that storm? Because he knew the mission that he was on. He knew why he had set off to begin with. Because there was somebody that needed to be called into evangelistic ministry. And, and, and God had a plan. So Jesus, he saw beyond the storm. So they're going, what's going on? Jesus said, hey, the storm's going to come, but we're going to make it because I've got a purpose. And here's the thing. If Jesus has said, let's go to the other side, or he says, hey, I want to do something with your life, do you realize he has not said that just as some throwaway line? That word will sustain you. When Peter walked on water, same situation situation on a sea how did peter walk on water he walked because jesus said come he was able to step out it wasn't that the water just went hard and suddenly he was walking on on ice or something like that he walked on water because he was literally walking on a word from god you and i are sustained and carried by one word from heaven and i I guess this morning we just need to get back and realize if, if we're in the will of god we can trust that storms will come And God will carry us through. And so Jesus, he had a purpose. He had a destiny. Jesus had a devil to fight. So the devil tried to fight him. I want to remind you this morning, when the enemy attacks you, you've got to understand that God does not play catch up with the devil. If the enemy's attacking you, it's because the enemy is anticipating what God is going to do next. He doesn't know, but he anticipates. And when he anticipates what God's going to do, God, in his goodness, he's already set things in motion. The enemy tries to circumvent and attack the enemy. I'm not saying enjoy it, rebuke it, take authority over, declare the word of God over it, but also recognize it's a pretty good indicator that God's for you. It's a pretty good indicator that God is up to something. I want to keep looking at this for a minute. I want to say sometimes you storm, there's a bigger picture in your storm. You might, you, you, some of us, we just see the storm. Why is this happening to me? People here today, 
your whole life's twisted up because you're so focused on your storm. You don't realize, man, the storm stinks, but on the other side of it, there's something pretty big. There's something pretty massive. I don't know. I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why I'm facing this challenge. I don't know. I don't know why God's letting this happen. I'll tell you, there must be something significant on the other side of your storm. I'd say, be like that guy, sleep through the storm. Even if you have to fake sleep. Can I tell you, the louder you snore, the more you irritate the devil. After the storm. Okay. Sorry, number number three. During the storm, drop your bucket and wake Jesus up. Drop it. They're in the storm. If I was in a boat and Jesus said, We're going for a boat ride, we're starting to sink, and he's asleep in the back of the boat. I love Jesus. I worship him. He's my king and my redeemer. But I would not hesitate to wake him up and say, Master, this was your idea. I don't quite know why we're going here, but uh, kind of your fault. Uh, I'd like to see how you're going to get out of this. And Jesus would walk up to what's well, a little storm and say, shh, and everything had settled. But for however long it took for that storm to arise, instead of talking to the master, they've got buckets, they're throwing people overboard. Thaddeus got thrown overboard. <laughs> We've never heard of him since, so I just assume. <laughs> so they're, they're throwing stuff overboard. They're adjusting sails. Things are ripping. What are we going to do? Ah, Jesus. <laughs> Wake him up. Some of us. This is what God showed me. Some of us engage Jesus way too far into our problem. Some of us engage Jesus at that line. Some of you, you don't pray until it's the end of the rope. You try everything else. Prayer should be our first response. Talking to Jesus should be our first response. Why do we wait till, till all hell is broken? I ain't given room for hell to break loose in my home. If I get one sniff of hell, in the name of Jesus, that'll wake him up. Get him involved. I feel like sometimes we're like Christian atheists. We come to church, we exalt Jesus, but when it comes to everyday life, the life of a non-Christian and a Christian, I'm not talking about sin or anything like that, but I'm talking about our actual faith that God's interested and involved in our stuff. God is there. He's with us. He he sent the Holy Ghost to come alongside of us. I want to tell you, if I'm on a boat and things are going wrong, I'm serving Jesus, the will of God is being released in my life and I'm obedient to Him. If there's problems, the first thing I'm going to do, in the name of Jesus, God, you've got to help me. Let me tell you, sometimes I make the mistake of letting things in my boat a bit too early. Some of you let water in your boat that you shouldn't let in. Water of bitterness or water of complaint or waters of worry or waters of negative confession. I'm guilty of those things. I let them into my boat sometimes. But can I say, get, forget the bucket, just get Jesus to talk to that storm for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, let that storm be still and let that thing be broken by the hand of God. Some of you in storms and you're ringing people, you're confessing fighting and 
twits that don't know anything that are giving you dumb advice and you're listening to that you're trying this you're going to every other conference you this and that can i tell you just go to the throne of god and say in the name of jesus there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors but can i tell you there's still one counselor that trumps all the counselors he's called the wonderful counselor he's the mighty holy are you alive this morning the, the mighty holy spirit Mighty Holy Spirit is with us. For us. Can calm a storm. I love, I love what that would have been like. Jesus wakes up. I bet he, I bet he if it was me, I would, I would, there would have been a degree of pride uh, that creeps in. Just for theatrical effect. Walks up to the end of the boat. Of course, he put his arms out and said, I'm the king of the world. Because it's true. It's actually true. I'm the king of the world. And then he says, peace, be still. I bet he walked back and just looked at him and he just says, where's your faith? <laughs> like we can all do this. But I actually think we can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so point three and point four are completely contradictory. So I just want to create confusion this morning because point number three <laughs> is wake him up. Point number four, maybe you need to let him sleep. Number four, this is my point. Let your faith grow in a storm. Maybe you actually need to have a crack at talking to the storm first. Maybe before you wake Jesus up. Can I say, God's not a legalist. And it's so easy for me to say, you need to let him sleep. You need to. I just think God can work with whatever. Wake him up. He's in. Declare over the storm. He's in. What, you know, sometimes we complicate God. No, God would have only worked... He would have worked either avenue because he's God and he's good. But at the end of the day, his issue with their faith was that they didn't do anything. They're just trying to get water out of the boat. Get, he's just saying, do, do something, talk to the storm, wake me, whatever. But can I say something? They, 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 geez, it would have been very easy for them to look at that wind and say, hey, wind, windy, stupid wind, problems, you reckon my boat? Spent good money on this boat? Are you ruining my boat? There's water in my boat. Do you see who's in my boat? Stop it. Nothing. It would stop. Calm. Why? Even if the storm didn't recognize the authority of the one speaking, they knew who was in the boat. So when I speak to storms, it's not about my authority as David Hall. I know who's in my boat. I know, I know, I know my, my sister-in-law Lauren's a police officer. I could go up Northeast Road and there could be a four-wheel drive. I could say, well, let's go big, bigger. There could be a, a Circo bus, an STA bus, Bendy bus. I could say to that Bendy bus, pull over. How might, because it might think I'm wanting a ride, but let's assume it was not available. If I said that bus, pull over right now, the bus could drive over me and there'd be no damage done to the bus. But can I say, if I got my sister Lauren, my sister-in-law Lauren, who's a police officer, she could stand there. She's, she's stronger than me. But, but at the end of the day, she, as far as her ability to, to do damage to a bus, she's in the same boat as me. But at the end of the day, the bus wouldn't be responding to her authority or her stature. There's a badge given to her by the state of South Australia that says she has authority that makes her more powerful than the things she's trying to commandeer. And I want to tell you this today. If Jesus is in your boat, you've got to realize you're not even acting in your own authority. You explain to the wind who's in your boat sometimes you gotta say hey wind i got somebody in my boat some of us we go to god and say oh god there's a big storm what are we going to do come on go to the storm and tell the storm you got a big god who's bigger than things sometimes the storms of life come in the name of jesus come on somebody are you with me this morning 
Now it's starting to feel like the 11 just a little bit. If you believe that God is able to calm storms, why don't you just give him a praise for about 10 seconds? Jesus says, where is your faith? Penny, if you can come, where's your faith? It's interesting. I'm going to close with this and we're going to pray. It's interesting. He says, he says to the wind and he says to the waves. He rebukes them both. You know, it's no, it's no coincidence to me. The first thing he does is he deals with the wind. Wind, stop. If he had just dealt with the wind in the process of time, the waves would have taken care of themselves. He had to deal with the waves right then because they both needed a cease. The wind was causing a problem, but that problem was also now a problem as well. The reality is we've got to deal with things in the unseen dimension. Some of the, There's winds blowing in your life creating waves. You've got to talk to the wind. You've got to talk to the cause and you've got to talk to the effect. The cause is the wind, the effect is the waves. The cause might be the enemy, the, the, the effects is disunity in your home, in your marriage, in your family. I don't, I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what your storm is. But what I do know is there's winds causing it and there's effects. For some of us, we need to pray. We need to pray over that wind and subdue it. And say, in the name of Jesus, peace be still. At that point, then, we speak to the challenge. This wind has caused this problem. And now I speak to that problem and I declare the Lordship of Jesus Christ over that problem that things would turn around by the hand of God that would be delivered, set free, that God would do that which only He can do in the name of Jesus Christ. We've got to speak to wind and we've got to speak to storms. In a minute, we're going to pray for people's needs. We'll have you out of here in just a couple of minutes. But before we do, can I ask the church, the most important thing that can happen is getting Jesus in your boat. We're going to pull your little dinghy, get the thing started, make sure Jesus is in your boat. You might be in a little tinny. You might be in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle. There's Jesus is in your tinny. That's a, that's, a, that's a sermon title. Get Jesus in your tinny. That's a, that's a, if you're facing a storm right now, I don't know what it is. Whether it's big, whether it's small, but you're facing the winds of adversity in your life. It may be demonic. You know what? It might be a storm that, and, and I'm saying this with love. There's not one part of me that's like, but it may be something you just created just by your own by your own way of sort of operating you just created some problems for yourself God can get you out of those storms the ones you set up the ones that the enemy sets up even just the storms of life that come that are not God they're not the devil they're just they're just seasons but if you're in a storm you say Dave I need I need the shalom of God I need the peace of God I need a peace be still all over this place we'll take one minute just raise your hands I'm believing God's going to set people free in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You're the storm calmer. You're the great storm calming God. Lord, I don't just pray rest. I speak a calm over every home. I speak a calm after the storm. Lord God, unexplained peace. Lord God, divine turnaround by the power of God. That which is impossible, fixed in a moment of time. Lord, I declare over your people today freedom. Uh, God, I, I declare over your people deliverance. God, I declare over your people the grace and the favor of God. Do that which only you can do in the name, in the name, in the name of Jesus. The people of God said together.
Come on, let's give the Lord a shout today. Hallelujah. Next Sunday. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au. 